Happy New Year! And over at Precision Camps, we are busy getting ready for our summer series of camps, and we have one spot available for hosting. That is May 26th to the 29th. Now you may think, well, that's during school, but no. May 26th, Friday, is orientation evening. Monday, there is no school, and this camp is the perfect opportunity to kick off summer training. We're looking for a gym who'd like to host this amazing camp, and you can find information on our website, but I'll tell you a little bit about it now. Precision camps are the most unique and motivational camp experience for gymnasts and coaches. These camps are three and a half days long and athletes will work with world-class clinicians on all events and also receive education in judging, injury prevention, nutrition, artistry, and mental toughness. These camps are open to all competitive gymnasts of all levels. While athlete experience is of the utmost importance, we also put a tremendous focus on coaches' education. Each rotation is visited two times a day. The first set of rotations are treated as clinics as we address and educate coaches while working with the athletes on specific techniques. When the athletes return to their rotations, they're able to implement the clinic material as side stations and they train their respective skills. We also hold a coaches roundtable to discuss peripheral aspects of coaching and program management. I know, that was a mouthful, I'm almost done. Precision camps also focus on camaraderie, sportsmanship, performing under pressure, and team building. And we know that you coach are busy so we make sure to handle all of the work that comes along with putting on an event at your gym like creating event and info pages managing registration parent communication marketing providing leotards and shirts providing full wonderful staffing creating schedules and there's some more in it for you as a Precision Camps host, you will receive three virtual coaches clinics for your staff, and you can schedule these whenever you want. You also receive 10% off all my gym judge services for your staff, a tumble track gift certificate toward new equipment, free staff education for your entire staff. So as a host, you can send team, rec, preschool, any and all staff that you'd like for absolutely free. You also receive a free pre-team or rec clinic just outside of camp hours and a per capita rebate for athletes who attend from other gyms. So if you are interested in hosting this kickoff Precision Camp, shoot me an email at precisioncamps at gmail.com. Again, that's precisioncamps at gmail.com. Just more colloquial like terms. Like I got there and I remember one of the coaches saying like, let it rip. And I'm like, that's not like where I'm from. That means something completely different. So <laughs> I don't I want like, to. I was like, you just definitely did not want me to do that. But like, yeah, it was just like funny little <laughs> words and stuff like that. Hey guys, and welcome to a full episode of What Makes You Think, the show that flips the traditional interview format, showing you a unique, sometimes funny, always interesting side to some of your favorite figures in gymnastics. I'm your host, Nicole Langevin, and my guest today is a serious multitasker, and also a 2016 Olympian. Hailing from New Zealand, my guest today is Courtney McGregor. Okay, here we go, finally, with Courtney McGregor. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> I still can't believe this is actually happening. How many times do you think we scheduled and rescheduled? Um, I'm going to say like seven or eight times. I was going to say like Probably, nine. Yeah. Oh, and then we almost missed almost, it this morning. Yeah. <laughs> almost 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for catching the daylight savings thing. I'm glad we were still able to jump no on. Worries. I was like, there is no way in hell I'm rescheduling with her again. I don't care. It's happening. And it is. So thank you. No so right now for me, it is 1245 in the afternoon. What time is it for you? 
6.45 in the morning, <laughs> the day wow. ahead of you guys. And I was so, going to yeah. say, yeah, so it's November 21st for me and it's... 22nd. All right. Confusing. Yeah. So thank you for getting up so early too. Yes, it was so confusing. Every time I thought I had it figured out, I'm like, nope, nope, you did it backwards again. Yeah, we thought we had it twice and then I had daylight savings and then I think you did. So yeah. it's okay. We made it. No, I didn't think about it. All right. Well, welcome. <laughs> and I, I hope this is going to be fun for you. You said that you have listened, so you've got an idea of kind of what to expect. And you know that I like to do a little bit of a warm up. So mm -hmm. I am going to give you a word or a phrase. And I just want okay. you to tell me right off the bat what it makes you think of. All right. And I'm glad I'm getting this one and not the job interview. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. That was I, actually, I'll let you in on a little something. I don't think I've ever told my listeners this, but the reason the show is called What Makes You Think is that my original idea was that every episode would be a fake job interview. And the kind of like the crux of it would be what makes you think you'd be good at this job? And then that's how right. we would learn about the person. Uh, yeah. That was really, I couldn't keep that up. That was way too hard. And then Justin Spring. Yeah, that would have been hard like, for you. Yeah. <laughs> We've too peaked. Work, we, yeah. <laughs> it's okay to just talk. So if anybody's wondering, like that's one. yeah, that's that's why it's called that. And now it's kind of turned into more of the word association and the videos and what do those make you think? But that's why it's called that. Mm -hmm. cool. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. A little history there. All right. So here is the first one. Taking the bus early or taking the bus to get there just in time? Early. Always early. <laughs> I think that's a gymnast thing. You have to be way early. Like, on time is late. On time is late. And now you had a specific experience with this at the Olympics, though, didn't you? Uh, we've been doing <laughs> research. Uh, research. Yeah. At the Olympics, um, my coach, Mary, yeah, she always wanted to be really early. And so, which was good. But we would end up like getting there like an hour early because the buses were kind of like all staggered and then it would just be like us sitting in the training hall for like an hour before <laughs> anyone else showed up. And so she took this photo of me. It's just like me in this huge training hall waiting to get going, but it's okay. We wanted to be early. And it sounds like you may have influenced others to start taking the early bus though. Yeah, I feel like it was just us at the beginning, but then everyone else is kind of cutting it close. And so... Yeah, we were in the same subdivision with like all the U.S. girls. Um, yeah, and I think we we set a trend. Get yeah, the early bus. Trend setting. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. Here is the next one. Warming up or just doing a full routine? <laughs> okay, this one like evolved for me as I got like a little bit older. I feel like when you're younger, like you feel the need to warm up for everything like every little skill like when I was learning like a ganger on bars I would be like okay I have to do like five flyways first and then right. I have to like and it's like why so when I got older I would just do like cold routines all the time because it was like I don't have the energy to spare to like warm up like each half of my bar routine like I'll just do a first half and then keep going and just do a routine so yeah so it looks super impressive but what you're telling us is you're just didn't want to do extra turns so you just did a full routine exactly right, everyone's right. like oh my gosh that's so amazing and i'm like guys you have to be thinking about especially when you're like a college gymnast mm -hmm. and you're doing elite like you need to be doing the least amount of numbers possible <laughs> to try and save yourself because you're already doing like double duty kind of so yeah i think if you can obviously like do a warm-up and a stretch first but 
not just like walking straight in and doing routine, but like if you're all warmed up and ready to go and you're just going to do the skill straight away anyway, I don't see why you can't. So we're going to call you Courtney Cold Set McGregor. (laughs) Sure. Your new middle name. All right. I just want you to tell me if this sounds like a lot to you, if this sounds overwhelming or like out of the ordinary. New country, (laughs) new country, new coaches, new teammates, new school. I have some notes triggering, here on, yeah. It's triggering. Oh, no. Well, I have some notes here on, I mean, getting a 97 in philosophy, 100 in math with all these new circumstances at Boise State. Like, is And in my notes, it said, this is Courtney to a T, and that is for Mary. So is this pretty typical of you to just have all those plates full? Yeah, I think it definitely is. I'm someone that has to like go all out. Like I can't do something kind of halfway. Um but yeah, that was like a particularly stressful time because it was a few months before the Olympics um, mm-hmm. and Mary was kind of flying back and forth because we didn't have really any coaches in New Zealand at the time. And so I was like, oh, I'll go over and do a couple of summer classes and it'll be easier for her to fly from Texas up to Boise and Texas all the way down to New Zealand. So um, yeah, I went over there, but I was doing like summer classes and those are like intense, like they they break them into like four weeks when they're normally a whole semester. So I was like, doing class all day and then like gym in the middle and then I had like night class and then it was like yeah new country new gym new everything even just like the language in the gym was different like oh really yeah now (laughs) I forgot to add to that list while getting ready for the Olympics but I want to hear a little bit more about this (laughs) about the language in the gym because even even in us in one country we've got so many variations of you know is it a clear hip or a free hip and you know, it, mm-hmm. it kind of like varies from state to state almost of what we call these skills. Is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about a deeper meaning than that? Yeah, that stuff definitely too. But I was also thinking kind of like just more colloquial like terms. Like I got there and I remember one of the coaches saying like, let it rip. And I'm like, that's not like where I'm from. That means something completely different. So I don't I want like, to. I was like, you definitely do not want me to do that. But like, yeah, it was just like funny little (laughs) words and stuff like that. I was like, kind of strange to get used to. But yeah, just like random things in the gym too. Like, yeah, clear hips, free hips. Like we would call them a shoot half and then you guys call it a shoot over or just like, yeah, Yeah. random stuff like that. So this is my favorite one to ask. What do you call the transition from low to high? I'm going to describe it and not call it anything. You are (laughs) facing the high bar. You do either a straddle or a pike toe on kick your feet off, catch the high bar. What do you call that? Oh, we call that a hiccup. Okay. And I think you guys call it like a, a, a hicked or something. I don't know. What do you guys call it? I, I don't even know who you guys is because I still haven't settled on one. And everybody I talk to, <laughs> even in my own region, has a different yeah. thing that they call it. So yeah, toe shoot, toe hecked, hiccup. Um, yeah, I think Australia and New Zealand call it a hiccup. I can confirm. Well, most people anyway, but yeah, you guys definitely don't call it that. <laughs> nope. There, there, yeah, we're all over the place with that. So what's going on with you now? Are you normally up at 630 in the morning, like looking wonderful, ready to rock? Like, is this normal for Thank you? you. You're um, <laughs> well, yeah, it is pretty normal for me. I'm in mid school at the moment. And so um, I tend to get up pretty early and like get my exercise and stuff like that done. Um, because yeah the days are pretty packed like classes and labs and yeah. have to study and stuff like that so I like to just get up 
and kind of do some movement first before I'm like on my butt most of the day. Are, do you have any connection with gymnastics now? Like even if when you're working out, like do you find yourself doing gymnastics things? Yeah, I do sometimes. Um, not like super often. I am, I do like a little bit of coaching every now and then. Um, and actually this weekend I'm speaking at like a gymnastics New Zealand conference. So like little things like that, but not, mm-hmm. not super involved. But yeah, I definitely do flip around a little bit sometimes in the gym. Yeah, I'm working out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. It's just probably your comfort zone, I can imagine. All right. Are you yeah. ready for some videos? I am ready. All right. Let's do it. I'm so curious to see what I will. <laughs> 2023 is an exciting year for Tumble Track as they celebrate their 35th anniversary. Maybe you remember your first time jumping or tumbling down a tumble track and that thrilling feeling of bouncing flighty fun. Anniversaries take us on a trip down memory lane, and we remember our history and how far we've come. From tumble tracks and tea trainers to sliders and sticky toes, Tumble Track has been there, helping coaches and athletes achieve their goals in a safe way. You might have seen recently that Tumble Track launched a new feature called the Innovator Spotlight. Go to their website where they highlight the creative coaches they've collaborated with over the years. Doug Davis is both the OG innovator and founder of the company. And in case you didn't know, he innovated the Tumble Track. Doug paved the way for others, including Leonard Isaacs, Al Fong, Tom Forrester, and many, many others who had an idea and trusted Tumble Track with it. Check out the Innovator Spotlight page on their website, tumbletrack.com slash innovator dash spotlight. Again, that's tumbletrack, T-U-M-B-L-T-R-A-K, dot com slash innovator dash spotlight all right are you ready for some videos i am ready all right let's do it i'm so curious to see what i will (laughs) (laughs) did you know what this is yeah so this is a vault final at the doha world cup this is my first meet as a senior and it was my first time competing the double full which was like a big upgrade because less than a year ago, I was only just competing a full for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was in finals. <laughs> I was so angry because I had never done a, a final before at a, a World Cup. And you, you just warm up in the back gym, which is all just like a normal gym on the floor. And then you come out and you don't get a one touch on the mm. podium. Um, so and so that was definitely new. And then I, I stepped out of bounds here and I think I missed the middle by like point one or something like, I came uh, fourth by the tiniest margin. I was so annoyed. But like, yeah. considering this was my first final and doing a, a cold double twist when it was a really new skill for me, I'm, I'm, yeah. In hindsight, I'm proud of that. But at the time, I was just so angry. Yeah, and that was that was 2014, right? Mm-hmm. So where does this yeah. where does this fall in your experience competing on the world stage? Um. So I've done like a few junior meets internationally only a couple though um so yeah this was like my first international meet as a senior which is quite exciting I remember yeah I went to Doha with uh, it was myself and my teammate Charlotte and we both went over and I made the vault final and she made the floor final and we were the first people from New Zealand um or WAG athletes to ever make a World Cup final so that was really cool yeah it's amazing that's so cool that you both made finals too yeah when you were training were you were you like the one doing the double full on fall and the one doing such and such release (laughs) moves or did you did you have a group around you that was doing similar skills 
Yeah, on Vault, um, it was pretty much just me. We did have a really nice group of like eight of us, maybe, which mm-hmm. is like a lot when you think of elites, especially here in New Zealand. So we had a really good group, um, which was nice. Yeah, sort of learning all those things together. But when it came to Vault, that was like just me. I felt like I spent a lot of extra time on Vault because yeah. I don't know, maybe I had a little bit of um, extra legs so my coaches could see potential. But um, yeah, I think I was the first woman to ever compete the double from New Zealand. I'm not sure anyone's done it since. So yeah, wow, that was kind of kind of random. <laughs> yeah, was there pressure involved with that, or did it just feel really cool to say that you were the first one doing it? Um, I don't think I knew until after. I think I saw it on like Twitter or something, and then I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that adds up. <laughs> Learn a lot about yourself on Twitter, huh? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was cool, but also yeah, kind of strange because there was no one else to like watch like yeah and when you're in training everyone else is just you know doing their souls quite heavily and I'm like I didn't really psych myself up to do these doubles every day because they're really really hard for me it wasn't something that was just really came super super natural oh yeah that's big time and there's a discussion mm-hmm. that's come up a few times on the show just about different training situations and kind of like that positive peer pressure type thing or I can imagine you kind of being in that reverse situation like you're not seeing it mm-hmm. all the time you don't have others to relate to you don't have anybody to talk to about it you're just trusting that your coaches <laughs> think you're ready you think you're ready and and you do it yeah definitely helps to have at least like one other person in the gym suffering with you through those like really tough things I feel like like that's why gymnastics friendships are so like tight-knit and close is because you're just like suffering through like like pushing through like fear and like horrible conditioning and like all of that stuff every day for like years and years on end so that's how you'll get really really close yeah and nobody really gets it except for the people that are in it so I want to hear about your training um Prior to Elite, what was your training like? And then I want to hear how it changed when you became an Elite. Mm-hmm. So I started off at like a smaller club. Um, and we used to have this thing in New Zealand where you would have like the national stream and then you have the international stream. So like the, it's sort of like the international stream would be like the top kids, like the really talented little ones. And then we just had like the national level. And I was always just like a, a national level kid. I was never like recognized as someone who had um, a lot of talent or anything like that. I just sort of made my way through the levels, um, doing okay. And then I think when I was maybe 11, 12, I started to like win a few more competitions. I made a, a gym change over to a bigger gym across town just because they had a lot more girls at my age um, mm. that were doing really well. And so, yeah, I went from a uh, national level five in 2010 and then in 2011 I did like the international stream as an international level 10 so that was like a big jump that's quite one the year. jump wow yeah so my my passes went from like a round off flick layout like a handspring front layout to like less than 18 months later I was doing like a double back a double twist a one and a half punch wow. so that was kind of like a really steep um learning curve for me it was just sort of like one day the coach of the international kids was like you're going to train with us from now on <laughs> and so then I I did that and I sort of felt like a real imposter at the beginning because mm-hmm. all those younger kids had been kind of in that stream from a really yeah. young age and I was like oh, work my butt off to catch up so did that take any convincing or were you 
ready to rock that? Um, I think I just kind of did what I was told. I was quite like an obedient <laughs> gymnast. And so it was just like, okay, you're in this group now. And I was like, okay. Um, it didn't sort of go in with like, you're going to be doing this level or anything like that. We just sort of swapped to the other group. And then, yeah, I had a few months there. And then that's how it ended up working out. <laughs> and now, how is the system in New Zealand as far as once you're on the national team? Is there any sort of semi-centralized system or do you guys getting together at all? How does that work? When I was doing it, um, most of us were at the one gym. And so that helped. And then there was like one or two other girls from different parts of the country who would come down every so often. But it was pretty much our our gym had all the elites anyway. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so by default, it was kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're already <laughs> <Exactly>. there. <laughs> yeah. And what was that day-to-day like for you? What was your schedule like? Um, so we were doing like 32 hours. We would do a couple of mornings a week, sort of like 7 um, till 10. And then we would do four till eight every evening. Um, and then sort of like a big day on a Saturday, six hours or something like that. So, yeah, a lot of hours. <laughs> when you look back at the training that you did and the amount of training that you did and the outcome that came out of it, if you had to do it all over again, would you? Hmm. This is a tough one. I definitely feel like maybe because I started like, quote-unquote late doing the kind of elite stuff it definitely helped me because Mm. all the girls that had been at that gym I moved to had been doing it from a really young age and most of them burned out because they'd been doing mornings and a lot of hours from super young age whereas I hadn't I'd been at Mm. a different club and then sort of came over when I was like 11 so um definitely I think less hours is beneficial um yeah yeah, it seemed like a little too much All right. Ready for another video? I am ready. Okay. Unless you want to elaborate on that. I'm trying to read your face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was too many hours, like especially yeah. doing college gym and seeing how much you can get done in like 20 hours a week. Oh, 32 yeah. hours is just like, why Why do you need that much? Even yeah. towards the end of my elite, I, I was probably doing like 28, 30 hours but like just being a little bit older and being given like okay this is your assignment like once you get it done you can go you you see how like productive you can be in a short amount of time instead of just when I was younger it was sort of like okay we have an hour on bars like just gotta like wait out the clock like oh yeah (laughs) yeah I remember those days (laughs) so long um so yeah yeah and there but there is a difference too between learning and building skills to then maintaining and perfecting Right. But I do agree with you. And there's there's definitely been a big change in this country, too. I mean, the U.S. team at World Championships had at least one full day, if not two, of just rest days like that was unheard of before. So just that (laughs) mentality of of that rest is important and that sometimes less is more, um, I think, is is starting to become more widely accepted. And but you are proof of that, right? You didn't need to spend 30 <laughs> hours a week in the gym from the time you were six years old to get to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So do you still have a relationship yes. with your coaches? Um, the ones that I had like for the beginning of my late career, definitely no. Mm-hmm. Um, but some from when I was younger and then a little bit later on, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you have people coming out of the woodwork when you went to the Olympics? 
going, oh, I, I coached her at one point. I helped her. I did that. <laughs> um, not so much like coaches wise, but I would have like random people be like, oh, my friends at the Olympics. <laughs> and like my friends would be telling me this, like, oh, yeah, this girl at my school said her friends at the Olympics right now. And then I asked her who it was and she said it was you. And I'm like, I don't know. That. <laughs> Random stuff like that would happen. But I think all of my coaches were, yeah, just proud. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, here we go. Ooh, okay, so this is 2015 Worlds. It's my floor routine. This was a kind of stressful meet because I was trying to qualify for the test event. Um, uh-huh. And so you had to get like in a certain all around place um, to progress through to that. So it was, you had to have a clean meet basically if you had a shot. Is this because yeah. New Zealand didn't, wasn't sending a team? So you had a, a different process to go through? Yeah. So it's a different process if you're an individual. You have to make it through to the Olympic test event and then you had to go to the test event and then you had to get in the certain top all around positions at each. Um, it wasn't really like a defined number, like you have to be in the top, whatever. It was sort of kind of just do as well as you can and hope you're in the top, whatever, because they, they had to take out people that were already in teams. And so it was mm-hmm. like a really complicated process. But basically, yeah, you had to have a good, a good day. And is the country supporting you when you go to do these things as an individual or is this all on you and your family? This is all on us. Wow. Yeah. So it's all self-funded in New Zealand. Um, after I went to the Olympics, I got like a little bit of funding for some work mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, the whole until you'd gone to the Olympics, um, wow. yeah, didn't didn't get anything which is rough. Wow, <laughs> well, I think it's important for people to know too. It's part of your mm-hmm. journey. Yeah, I think this is my like Phantom of the Opera for music, which yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing when you say uh, so? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I didn't mind the floor routine itself. I think it's just like when you have to listen to it like three or four times a day, like six mm-hmm. days a week. Mm-hmm. It got it got a little bit much. But did you have say? Did you have say in your choreography and your music? No, not so much. No. Um, like in college, yes, but before that, not really. But I think I also probably wouldn't have had much to say. I feel like. <laughs> The coaches I had when I was younger were sort of like, none of you can dance. And so they were just, they were just like, oh, you're like kind of a lost cause. So, well, that's so we motivating. All like, yeah, yeah. We had it in our heads that we couldn't like really dance anyway. And so then it was like, we just do kind of as we're told. Oh, that's <laughs> me so sad. <laughs> so when you went to yeah. college though, and, and we will get to that in a minute anyway, but did you develop a joy for performing? Did that change once you got to college and had more say in what you're doing? Yeah, I think I definitely had a lot more fun with it. I still <laughs> wasn't as comfortable doing sort of like the traditional college style routine, but um, yeah, definitely like smiling a bit more and like interacting with the crowd was fun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Here we are. Do you like watching yourself or is it weird? It's weird. I never, I never watched myself. <laughs> Have you gone back and watched okay. these at all, though? Um, I had to do a couple of presentations, and I just put a few videos in them. So I've seen none of the ones that you're showing, but I have seen some. Like, I just watched my beam regime from the Olympics this year for the mm-hmm. first time. 
this one is my game from Pacific Rim. Yeah. Um, 2016. So this is the year of the Olympics. I went to this night was in Seattle, and I'd gone to Seattle um to do the same night four years earlier as a junior. That was my. That first was time. your um your first international was 2012. Pacific yeah. Rim, right? Yeah, so then coming back into the same stadium, it was weird because it seemed so much smaller. Like the first time, it was like, oh my gosh. And then I had some experience. So when I came back, I was like, oh, this can't be the same place. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this beer machine is going well. I yeah. had a lot of wobbles or anything like that. Um, oh yeah, this is the beam final. I remember Shallon Olsen and I were, so we did like the vault final. We went in bars and then we did beam and I remember mm-hmm. us just both like laughing that we we're in the beam final we we're like oh my gosh and then we both did a good beam routine and we were like look at us like us vaulters doing beam final <laughs> <laughs> so how were you on beam emotionally I think I don't know looking at this from the outside like I looked pretty comfortable up there I <laughs> I think at the time I was probably nervous but I think I'm someone that's good at kind of hiding my emotions um I was sort of leading up to the, the test event was just like a week or so after this one too. So I was pretty training pretty hard going into You were in it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So here we are cool. at the Olympics. Okay, this is hectic. Don't. That's it for today. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with part two of what makes Courtney McGregor think. In the meantime, please go head over to YouTube and subscribe to the podcast page, which is youtube.com forward slash what makes you think podcast. And if you want to reach out to me directly, you can shoot me an email at youthinkpod at gmail.com. Until next week, keep thinking outside the box. Bye.